Today's episode on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is about miscommunication in the workplace. Don't make an ass of you and me. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We are here to talk about women and work. We care deeply about women's experience in the workplace. We want work to be fun, interesting, exciting, meaningful, satisfying. Um, and we are delighted that you have joined our conversation to talk about that most important topic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So here we are talking and communicating and talking about communication. That's what we're doing today. We're talking about... It's a mind-bender. It's a mind-bender. We're it's, talking about miscommunication in the workplace. But before we do, I'm so excited about last night. That oh. was so fun. That yeah. was really fun. Uh, we um, hosted a, we co-hosted a fundraiser for a woman who is running for Senate. I have to say, though, part of my the, my favorite part about the night was just how feisty you were. Oh, I was super feisty. You were all over. I was all you cranked were, up, as Steve were, says. My husband Steve totally says. <laughs> cranked up. Yeah. There's a point, just so people understand. So we, I say we co-hosted. Basically, Kirsten did everything, and all I did was show up. And so... I'm helping to set up, you know, in whatever lame way that I could. And I realized that she'd only bought six beers. Which Seriously, is plenty. There were going to be 20-some people there. There was like six bottles of wine and six beers. There were six, six beers, beers <laughs> and there were six ciders. Come on, that had to be enough. And six bottles of wine, which is hilarious, right? So Kirsten's not a beer drinker. I am. And uh, I'm not necessarily a wine drinker. And I was like, six beers? Are you kidding me? We have to get more. To which she did not like. She did, you did not like that. And then later on when we were cleaning up, I was like, Kirsten, oh my gosh, we still have beers left. <laughs> I have never seen you feel more proud of yourself. You were I right. was delighted. You were just right. I was like, I told you. And here's what I didn't realize when I looked at the beer. <laughs> they were all the beers I bought. And the beers that we had taken out of my sister's refrigerator, which is where we had the event, were the beers that everybody drank. So the, clearly the problem is that I just buy really bad beer. <laughs> so they're, all the beer that was left was the crappy beer that, that uh, Kirsten had bought. But that didn't matter because she still felt good about six herself. Beers, six, six cans six beers. of terrible beer. But what's so funny to me is I never knew you had this in you, Kirsten. You held up that I did. long pointer finger of yours. I wagged it at you. You wagged it at me and <laughs> laughed. That cackly laugh. The people who were left in the room turned and looked at, like, what in the hell what is going on over there? And I just said, you don't you wag your finger and don't laugh at me, to which she responded with more wagging and laughing. Anyway, it was super fun. Thank, that, that was, yeah, it was It was nice. a really fun event, and it felt just really inspiring to have people in a room talking about the things that matter to our community. Yeah. On the cusp of this 100th anniversary of women getting that's the vote. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's progress. Mm-hmm. That's progress. That is progress. This woman and woman of color. And so deeply related to what we're doing on this show. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Oh, yes. And the other thing that I thought was really fun about um, last night was you and I both got to give speeches. We did get to give speeches. So I got to introduce Carrie, and then Kirsten got to do the wrap-up and then ask for donations. And public speaking is something I think you and I both love doing. Last night was interesting, too, because we both tried to, we practiced something that, for me at least, feels a little bit uncomfortable, and that's speaking to a group from the heart without a lot of practice. 
But just really, yes, exactly. By the way, I have not always loved public speaking. Oh, really? I've always done it for various reasons because I haven't liked it, but it's always felt like I've got something I have to say, so I'm going to get myself around the speaking part because I have something I need to say. So I've done it reluctantly. But um, yeah, last night, Karina and I just identified the topics, like kind of the big subjects, and just went for it. And it really felt good, and I think that people really – hurt us in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. It was fun. And I, for me, I really started thinking about this show that we're talking about today about Because it is tangentially related. Yeah. Well, it can be even directly related it about is direct- communication. Yeah, and how sometimes it really behooves you to plan every single word to make sure that what you're getting across is precisely what you want the listener to hear and understand. And for me last night, the t- content was less important than the feeling and the mm-hmm. emotion around exactly. it. And so I felt like speaking from the heart was going to communicate communicate something much more effectively than it was going to communicate emotions. Yeah. Much more effectively. And so for me choosing that, that I felt good about myself. I felt like a sophisticated communicator. I don't always feel like a sophisticated communicator. Last night I felt good. I felt, um, I felt like we got our point across. Like we effectively, which is what you want to do in communication. You want to be effective and what is it you're trying to get accomplished, right? right? And I think we effectively accomplished what we wanted to, which was to get some people excited about Carrie and to raise some money. Yeah. And so today we're talking about miscommunication for mm-hmm. the most part because mm-hmm. we like to focus on the negative. <laughs> <laughs> to focus on people making an ass we just want to talk about all the crap you do the crappy stuff you do in your job oh my gosh i don't know that's funny we didn't even think about that first of all i'm going to talk about the crappy stuff i do what right the crappy i mean like when you talk about like communication but we'll get there that was a false that sounded like a false surprise no it's not i didn't mean you'll see there totally um but i want to back way up before we do that can we absolutely because when we were planning the show you and i got really what'd you call it granular granular oh you, know, you I love, love that, that word <laughs> we got surgical we just started to dive in like why do people how does this happen what are the implications of miscommunication and i was like time out we have to lay we have to just like back way way and this is way the beauty up. of our show right this is the beauty of this conversation between you and me is i'm all like into the like the lists and the and why this happens and the results and the whatever and then how you fix it and you're like wait a minute, Kirsten, you need to back up and see what like forests are dealing with. So I really appreciate that. You need that. to see the bigger picture. Well, th- thank you for that. Okay, so we're backing my up. And I just have to say this. You and I, we say it at the beginning of the show, we say it all the time. I have it tattooed on my ass. I want women to have meaningful, joyous, fulfilling work and lives, frankly. And one of the ways, one of the most basic ways that you're going to be able to do that is if you can learn how to effectively communicate with others. It is one of those fundamental skills that we all need to develop if we're going to hope to be successful and happy and joyous. And to accomplish what we want. And to accomplish, to identify what Mm -hmm. we want, ask for what we want, accomplish what we want. And I'm talking about communication in writing and verbal. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, and when we say writing, we're talking electronic now, right? Everything. Everything. Anytime you put words down, you know, right, on paper or on a screen. But not only do you have to be an effective communicator, you also need to get control of what you hear. Mm, yeah. And how you interpret it. Yeah. And the stories that you tell yourself about what other people are saying. And your comfort level with questioning 
your own assumptions and questioning the person who you're communicating with, right? So on a fundamental level, those two things, good communicator and good listener are essential in moving towards what we hope. Because that's, that's the whole point. I mean, communication is a back and forth. Absolutely. And you have to be super aware of your emotional state when you're communicating. And we talk about this a lot, um, you and I off air. But, you know, like, this is how I'm feeling right now. This is a conversation I feel like I can have. Or, oh, I'm reading this email and I've, and I'm actually kind of pissed off right now. No wonder I'm interpreting it as negative, right? So, or I'm mad about something else. I'm mad about something. And I'm reading this email and I'm really mad. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what I catch myself is, is misdirecting my irritation or anger or frustration. Yeah. And it's, right. That projecting or whatever Mm -hmm. it's called. Yep. And so fundamentally, I'm going to say, are you pathologizing me? What does that mean? Pathologizing. Are you trying to be smarter than you with your big words? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm pathologizing. I'm projecting. Um, What does that mean? Oh, it's actually a psychological term about, it's like a, it's like a term in, well, you know, it's a term in psycho, you know what this is. You keep going, sister. I'm not going to tell you. The listener might not know. Well, projection really means that there's something going on in you. I'm angry. But you project that feeling onto somebody else. So I would look at you and say, well, Karina, you, f- you look real angry to me. When the reality is I'm real angry. Pretty confusing for your communication. <laughs> <laughs> that one is a bad setup. That is a setup for poor communication. Okay. But your point is check into your own internal. Check into your, yeah. Right, exactly. And I know I'm spending a lot of time on this. And you know I like to repeat myself, make sure my point is across. But that's precisely what Good communication is about. Be crystal clear. Okay. So I just love that. I'm just going to do the takeaways because you're talking about being clear about what you're telling others. Be really clear about what you're hearing. Like be really a good listener. And then before you do any of that, check in with how you're feeling to know how you're receiving yes. or giving information. Yes. Or whatever. Absolutely. That, and I think that's just the, that's the fundamentals. Those are the fundamentals of good communication. And yet... You would not have a job if it weren't for... Oh, I would not have a job if people could communicate. My job is entirely about... Oh, I know when I use the word surgical with you, Karina. Hmm. My communication is surgical. So as everybody knows, I'm a lawyer, and we have very precise communication. Writing, orally, the whole bit, it's all precise. And so when I talk to people in my work about what it is they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to communicate, what their agreement is. I'm trying to communicate their agreement in a contract or whatever. I really am surgical about what it is they want and what's happening because it's in, it's very important that I get it exactly right. Yeah. And what I find myself doing in real life is being surgical with my friends and my spouse and my family. You're not my lawyer. Right, exactly. Why are you interrogating me? I'm like, I'm not interrogating you. I just want to know how you feel. Why do you feel interrogated? Because that's the way you'll deal with your clients, mom. That's the way. So I'm cognizant that I can sometimes go the other way with precision. That's hilarious. It's hilarious. My family, of course. Yes. It is, it is true though. You would not have a job. No. Your job would be to be a scribe, a scribe. I would literally be typing or writing what other people told me. Had agreed to. Mm -hmm. Had it, had, yeah. And I feel like, especially when, when managing a big staff, 90% of my job was was getting people on the same page. Yeah, managing miscommunication. And that's really why we also came to this episode was that there's just so many things that happen that can be solved, could be solved if it fills up so much of our days. It fills up so much of our days. I know. So how does it happen? 
How does miscommunication Well, I think happen? it starts with the title of our show, Assume. It right. starts with people making assumptions. Right. And they're frequently incorrect. In fact, this is something that happens to me a lot. I've, I'm a direct communicator. In fact, it's called like explicit versus implicit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't imply very much. I just say it. And <laughs> you're laughing. I am silently laughing over here. I'm chuckling. Why are you to laughing? Myself. Because you are very direct. It's wonderful. It's explicit. Mm-hmm. I'm explicit. Explicit. <laughs> <laughs> but people assume that there's hidden meaning. That's oh, because the... here's one of the other things. People assume negativity. Right. And it's a really interesting phenomenon. They, but, or they don't trust. They don't assume that really what I'm saying is what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's the str- When I realized that. The people don't actually believe the very thing you're telling them. Yes. They I think am, there's something else going on. I could on. not be more crystal clear. I am not. This is not implicit. I do, I'm not implying anything. I am telling you exactly what I feel or think. So incorrect assumptions. Um, do you ever do that? Do you ever assume things incorrectly? Oh, my gosh. I have a. I did, actually. It's a great story about a double assumption. So I had this wonderful client, HR director probably 200 employees and she had a conversation with the management team and she felt like she was probably a little too passionate about what she was trying to say and so she just happened to be talking to me about a different matter and she said you know I know that the CEO is going to come in here and tell me that I was too passionate and when I came into my office they were all sitting in so-and-so's office and I know they were talking about me and da 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 and so we were strat. I said well you know why don't you email the CEO and just say hey you know thanks for that conversation today. I hope I get your support on this just to come back around so he's clear about why you were doing it. I want your support on this policy. She's like, oh, that's a great, that's a great idea. She called, we, then we did our work and she called me up later in the day and she's like, yeah, the CEO came in and he was delighted with what I said and actually they were talking about how to help me solve my problem. So not only did she assume, mm-hmm. not only did she assume negatively, but I bought right into her assumption. Oh, it's not I didn't funny. say to her, are you sure? Right. I would just assume that she was correct. Uh huh. So I thought to myself, wow, it's like a double entendre, but a double assumption. <laughs> <laughs> a double ass. Exactly. Umption? A double ass of both her and me. <laughs> yeah. I think that people assuming the wrong things mm-hmm. or telling themselves stories about what's actually being said is one of the, I mean, I feel like we come up a million different examples in a million, but that's a really big one. It is a big one. Like, Here's another assumption. So your example was she assumed something bad. Mm-hmm. She assumed negativity. My example, or what frequently happens, is people assume that I there's some implicit some implicit message that I'm not delivering. I think other people assume that the listener knows more than they really do, or cares more, they or care understands more. more. I have a friend who's absolutely brilliant. And he'll come to conversations sort of in the middle of some brilliant thought process. And I'm finally comfortable enough with him to say, I have no idea what the heck you're even saying. Yeah, right where did now. you I have even, no even know what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, where did you even start? Yeah, like, like can, I, can you bring me back? Yeah, to this like is, how this began. But if I, you know, if I, if it didn't, if I didn't have that kind of relationship or if I was in a job where maybe I feel like I'm supposed to know. Right. Or he's a superior and you feel like you don't know enough that you're talking to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which frequently happens. You also told me something about what you assume as a listener. No, as a speaker. 
When people pause. Oh, this is the, yeah. When people pause, I spent a long time assuming that a pause was negative. You don't understand me. You don't agree with me. Um, I've offended you. Uh, or, you know, you don't have anything to say, right? And we've talked about this concept a bit in other shows, but recognizing that silence is okay. Yeah. Right. Don't assume a silence is a negative thing. Yeah. I think people also, especially, I I just see it in myself. Maybe I'm just talking about myself, but rushed communications, people Mm -hmm. hurrying through, feeling rushed, not taking the time to really, you know, have a meaningful conversation, a meaningful exchange of information. So I think we rush through stuff. Mm -hmm. I think we're really rushed, which is another big, a big contributor to miscommunication. And we don't check our assumptions. Mm-hmm. We know we don't check in, say like, yeah, you're rushing through something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Instead of like, wait a minute. Right. What do you just mean so by that? So take the time to check the assumptions or uh-huh. the whatever or the yeah. lack of information. One other one that we didn't talk about before, but I think is for me frequently, I'm always uncomfortable. I'm going to say 99% of the time I'm too hot or my knee hurts or my back hurts or my chair is too high or my chair is too short. That sucks, Karina. Always. So I fidget. Oh. I'm a fidgeter. In fact, right now, see, I don't notice that it's killing me that I can't fidget because we're recording, and every time, you know, every time we fidget, it makes a noise on the microphone, and so I have to like hold stock still. And uh, people misinterpret my fidgeting as impatience, and of course, yeah, yeah, into the negativity, into the negativity, that into the negativity, negativity, which is really yeah. odd. I, I, yeah, I don't even. I, it's interesting, and so. So here we go. Like I said, if you can't communicate, if you're interpreting things wrong, and if you're assuming something that's not actually happening, then has all these implications on your. And let's not forget. Let's not forget the the biggest issue is the other side of this, which is, are you listening? Yeah. Right. Are you really listening to what the other person says? Mm -hmm. And I took an improv class that trained me. Now, it was only, you know, I only went to nine sessions or something, so I can't claim to be an expert. But actually training yourself to listen to what someone else is saying and then respond to what's being said, holy. As opposed to, as opposed to trying to anticipate or predict what they're going to say, uh-huh. which is my problem. Like, I always think I know what people are going to say. Yeah. And you finish the sentences. Totally. But are you a listen to talker? What do you mean, listen to talk? There are a lot of people who just listen and they're just listening for a pause in order to get their point across, in order to say what they so, so they don't respond. They're not actively listening and then responding to what's being said. They're just quiet long enough for you to get out. Oh, I talk to those people all the time. They don't listen to me. They're just waiting to talk to me. They're not listening to what I say. My downfall in communication is... I just go too fast. I assume I know what you mean. I assume I can get it out faster for you than you can get it out for yourself. That's my problem. But right. I do know exactly what you mean. Yeah. People who just are waiting to say the thing they have to say. Yeah. yeah and it, those, that's frustrating to be around. I'm going to tell you one of the things that, so I used to do presentations in classrooms and talk to kids all the time. I would come in and I'd be introducing a topic and, you know, doing, I was the guest presenter. You know, you see this all the time. And I would ask them, raise your hand if, and I would raise your hand and tell me, or raise your hand and tell me the answer. And I would ask them a question that they didn't actually know the answer to. It was my way to introduce a subject. And then people would raise their hand, kids would raise their hand, and they would tell me, you know, 10 different wrong answers. And then I would say, no, actually, here's the right answer. And I had a teacher pull me aside one time and say, you know, actually, studies show that if you ask somebody a question they don't know the answer to, 
and then they tell you the wrong answer, even if you correct them, what they remember was their own answer. Interesting. And that is what they, that's what is locked in their brain. And there we come back to listening. There we come back to listening. But also recognizing that the human mind is so complex in these situations where miscommunication can happen for, like we said, for all kinds of different reasons. But the story you tell yourself is locked in your brain. Even though it's wrong. And you've been told the right answer. Even though I might be wrong and you've been told yes. the right answer. So why does it matter? Why does miscommunication matter? You make a living off of it. I make a living off of it, so thank God it exists to some degree. No, I think you said in the very beginning when you introduced the topic for us, which is that it is the key to having the workplace function in a way that is efficient, productive, to have you function in your life in a efficient, productive way to avoid all sorts of like bad consequences, you know, less frustration, less hurt feelings, less loss of, you know, brain damage and time and productivity, all of those things, less distraction. Yeah. Just less negative stuff. Well, yeah. And less fuel for that fire that frankly burns in all of us, which is, oh my gosh, I, you know, they said so-and-so now I feel bad about myself mm -hmm. or they wrote this and now I don't know how to, you know, and in the workplace, it's, this really is that loss of productivity. And um, in some cases it creates miscommunication, creates situations that are just not, there's not a positive work environment. Absolutely. So I can think of an example. I actually had a client who was trying to navigate some pretty difficult stuff and the primary communication that they had with their teammates was email. And so oh, they're email. Yeah. Ugh. So they're trying to solve problems. They're trying to solve, solve some complex problems. There's emotions involved, a lot of uh, attachment to uh, certain outcomes. And it was all done via email. And I was able to read the emails. And what I realized as a, as someone who is a neutral party in the situation that I didn't read the emails. I didn't read the emails in the same way they did. In fact, I was interpreting them as com with a completely different tone. Mm -hmm. And so in that case, they weren't even able. To, so, you know, you can, uh, you know, any, a sentence can be read five different ways. I'm so glad you brought up the topic of emails because I think that this is a major place of miscommunication in the workplace. I think emails are great for, I need seven pens. Explicit communication only. I need seven only. pens. Yeah, exactly. Right. Will you be there? Yes, at 1030. Schedule a meeting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to communicate something to you with any emotional content, or if I'm trying to have, like, sometimes when you're, asking questions about things, you just need to have the in-person back and forth. You need to hear. We haven't even discussed like body language yet, right? And so when we talk about emails, you don't get any body language. Yeah. See, that's where so much of the communication is. And so I just love that you brought up this topic of emails because it is possible to read something five different ways and is such a big source of miscommunication in the workplace. Yeah. The sentence, um, did you really mean that? You know, or whatever. Did you really mean that? Did you really mean that? Did you really mean that? You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an actor, obviously. I didn't really. There wasn't a lot of <laughs> no, differentiation between those three. No, I thought that was good. The point is well taken. Well, it's I did like, take an improv class. Have I mentioned? 
You took it in class. <laughs> I think it sounded great. Nine sessions. But you know what? I mean, people know. I mean, I think that articulates the point. And then sometimes when somebody's really short with you, like yeah. in their response, and you're waiting for, like, okay, so when I send emails, like, you are short. Oh my gosh, am I short or what? Yes. And I'm even short with clients. And so sometimes I have to go back in the beginning of my emails and say, hey, I hope this finds you well. And then short law. Or if you haven't, I may have to sometimes have to add, if you have any questions or want to have a call about this, please let me know. Mm -hmm. Because I am just like as short as it can be. And so, and then that's a great example and kind of a segue into like, what do you do about this? I mean, obviously, this is like always a huge topic that we're tackling in 30 minutes or less. So I want to go back to that <laughs> fundamental, which is just get a grip, just get a grip on your communication and get a grip on your story, the stories that you tell yourself, because it's most likely not accurate. And let's just say it, it's not about you. And whatever it is you, you're telling yourself, yeah. It's probably not about you. It's not about you. So right. if someone is short in an email, it's not about you. Right. If someone is in a room meeting, don't assume it's about you. Don't <laughs> assume it's bad. not a good mood, it's not about you. But I do think that, you know, miscommunication, both written and verbal, has a huge impact and a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of productivity. And so when we can just take a step back. When I am going to send that short email, not only do I, for the most part, um, do what you do, like go back and have to add some kind of nice salutation and a couple of emojis, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, something smiley face, smiley face. Got to put frosting on your cake. I also, you I just throw the it. cake sometimes. I, I, all, <laughs> I also read it. I do. I give myself five or ten minutes sometimes. If there's a bit, I reread. I still proofread my emails. Oh, me too. To make sure that I'm saying what I want to say. I proofread for typos. And try to put yourself in the in the position of the listener mm -hmm. and exactly. read it the way they're going to read it. Okay. And if you have an email that's delivered to you that makes you feel like, oh crap, give yourself five minutes and try to read it from a different perspective, or ask someone else to or listen. pick up the phone. Or, and then yes, absolutely. Okay. Here's what I want to ask you. You talked a lot about in the beginning. Or you mentioned in the beginning about most of what you did as a manager was about people's communication. Mm -hmm. So if you had to tell your staff, do these seven things in order to communicate well, what would you have said to them? Or I just picked out seven. I don't care. Pick the number. You know, how, what would you have told your staff to say, here are the key elements to communicating well? Okay. Number one, use email sparingly. Mm -hmm. I know having a written record is a nice tool, but use email sparingly. Number two, don't, I guess these are in no particular order and off the top of my head. Let's just test how good I am at extemporaneous speaking and thinking. Back to our point in the beginning <laughs> and have these come from your heart. I'm going to speak from my heart. I think the other one, I think another big one is please, 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 please check your assumptions. Mm -hmm. Understand that what you had, the way you just interpreted what I just said is filtered through your own filter and and through your own story. And so please, please, please double check it, especially if it's negative. And check yourself. And check yourself. Check yourself. Where are you in this mm -hmm. whole thing? How do yeah. you feel? What's happening with you as you receive this? Number two, if you're speaking, be crystal clear about what you want to say and use clear language when you're saying it. Number three, check in with the listener. Ask them to repeat what they just heard. And you can do that in a really nice way. Like, 
I want to make sure that I don't feel like I've been clear. So I'm going to just check in with you. Mm-hmm. What do you think I just said? Yeah. And as a listener, I do that frequently. Mm-hmm. What I heard you just say was blah, blah, blah. Or I need to, I, this is my, I need to lock this in my brain. So I, I have to restate what I think you just said to make sure that I have it clear. So I don't know if that was seven. I would just made up seven. Karina. I'm just trying to think too, if there's any other little gems or nuggets. Do you, what about anything else? Oh, like? obviously. I mean, I think I always think pay attention to nonverbal cues, pay attention to body language. What's happening there? You yeah. know, oh, and active listening. Yeah, and I think active I, listening. I love active listening, which means I'm here. You, I hear you. I think about what you just said and I respond to it and I question, ask questions and I'm curious. I think another thing is just don't, no, I don't want it to be negative. I want to go with the do. Recognize that you, you're not, by asking for clarification, by asking for more information or checking what you think you heard, you're actually a stronger communicator. And you're treasuring the other person. You're really honoring the other person too. I mean, that's the thing. I, I mean, at the heart of all of this is a human to human connection. Yeah. And that's a really precious and wonderful thing. And so if you can use your communication to get that, and when you ask those questions and check in like that, and you're an active listener, you are, you're just honoring the other person when you're trying to understand what they want to say to you. Yeah. You're a stronger worker. Mm-hmm. You're a stronger listener. You're, mm-hmm. It's not a weakness. To, to ask for further clarification. I have to say one of the, just as a side note before we're done, when we were reading about, um, when I was reading about miscommunication in the workplace, uh, I found several articles, you know, that detail why it happens and the reasons why. Well, the reason, they're the bad things that come from it, get, that come from it. And what about one of the, <laughs> one of my favorite sentences from an article indicated that, you know, like here are all of these heady reason why, heady reasons why miscommunication happens, right? And there are many of the things that we just discussed. And then one, and then one author wrote, but also sometimes people are just scattered and they don't know what they want to say and they just <laughs> alert stuff out and they have their, you know, process, their internal process externally. And frankly, some people are just confused and confused (laughs) and that's also so the biggest grace and the gift that we can have around that is checking in about their confusing stuff that they just spewed out on the table in a loving way right exactly what what let's just try that can you back up what did you just just put all over the table yeah because that is unsightly (laughs) and so i think the final thing is just give people like recognize that sometimes people are just struggling through whatever it is get some grace and let's have some grace let's have some grace with each other yeah it does yeah let's just it doesn't mean that you have to kick them off the kick them off the team kick them down the curb but (laughs) but yeah let's just have some grace Anything else you want to say about miscommunication, Kirsten? No, I just want to say thanks for joining us and get out there and have some good, wonderful human communication, folks. Organize your thoughts if you can, for the love Don't of God. Don't leave something dirty on the table. <laughs> if you're going to talk to me, please. Please try to organize your thoughts in advance. But if you can't, at least we're going to check in in a loving way. Expect me to come at you with some questions about it. All right. Be good to each other. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. If you liked that episode, find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, take a look at our website at yougettowork.com. Thanks for listening. Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded at community-powered KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham, Washington, and streaming at kmre.org. And thanks to our sound engineer, Kevin Leja. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin.